0: Welcome to the Church Leadership Network's Leadership Lab. My name is Danny Donovan, and I'm your host for our time today. I'm joined by Vince Daniel, who's a lead pastor at Real Life Church in Mountain Home, Arkansas. And Vince also functions as the vice president for National Missions for General Baptists. So Vince, welcome to the uh, Leader
1: Lab today. I'm excited to be here. I'm looking forward to the topics today.
0: Yeah, um, I'm excited to have you join me today. We're going to be talking about um Relational leadership, something that I think that you're particularly uniquely gifted at and I've seen you lead in this way um and so excited to have you talk with us about that today um so we're we're talking about relational leadership so what what do you what is relational leadership do you think
1: uh, I think for me danny is is just growing through pastoring and and leading people um I think. The way I would describe it or define it is that if I'm going to I'm going to lead somebody, then my my goal is that I want to love them enough to take them somewhere. And so it means I'm going to have to invest time in them. It means I'm going to have to invest what we call that relational capital. I'm going to have to it's going to take some of me in order for me to get them where, where God wants them to be. And so I think just that, I think that, just the ability to love someone enough to take them somewhere. God's called me to lead them. Uh, I want them going somewhere. And uh, I think you can see people a lot of times, they, they, they desire to get somewhere themselves, and so they'll utilize people to help them get there. And I think relational leadership is the opposite of that. I'm, I'm sacrificing or investing in order to take you somewhere. And so I'm willing to pour in that relational time and relational capital uh, in order to take you where God wants you to be.
0: So the, it was important in the process then, I think a word we might use would be authenticity, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's the that's the thing. And, you know, we go back to my church, Real Life Church. When we, before we launched, that was the part that really stood out to me is I've grown up in church and I was always around pretty good guys pretty good pastors and leaders but there was always this it always kind of felt like we got to put on our church clothes or we got to put on our church face and um, my pastorate before we launched Real Life Church um, I I counted and we uh, it was like eight weeks where people would come in on Sundays hey how was your week it was fine how are you I'm fine you know how's everything going it's fine but then Monday through Friday, I would see them in my office, and it wasn't fine. Yeah, but it felt like they there was some for some reason there was this need to be, um, to be okay, when in reality we weren't okay, and it didn't feel like the place that should be safest is the church, to share that we're not okay, wasn't that, and so real life came out of that, just going, uh, I, I want to be the same guy on Sunday morning preaching the word. That you'd see in the aisle at Walmart on Tuesday, yeah. And that, you know, just kind of living that authenticity out, living that relational um, type of ministry out of. Let's just sit down and talk. Uh, You're struggling. I'm struggling too. Let's let's walk through this together. So I think authenticity is critical in relational leadership because every leader's got their stuff. You just have to be willing to kind of unpeel that or, or lay that back so that people have the opportunity to see that you struggle to or see that you're winning to and how you process even winning. There's authenticity in that. So, so yeah, I think critical, critical to relational leadership is authenticity.
0: Yeah, so you've talked about um, it's taking someone else. It's not about you accomplishing always your goals for the thing, but you're, you're trying to accomplish something with someone. Bringing them along in that process, having that that difference in your perspective, in it being true to about that's who what you're really doing, who you're for, that you're really for the other person. Um, people can tell the difference if you're that's not who you are.
1: Yeah, I, I touched on this in a sermon one time when I asked the congregation, "What did Jesus win when he came to the, when he came?" and because I think a lot of times as believers and, and, and in leadership in general, we get this idea that our, our job is to win at this. Yeah. And the problem is the way we've defined the win is incorrect. Jesus came to, to serve and to seek and to save. And the win was when someone did that when they were found. When and and I think as leaders, especially faith leaders, Christian leaders, I think that's what's been the win for me is to go, my true victory now comes not because I reach a pinnacle or or my church gets to a certain size or it is in those that follow me reach the next level of their leadership. And I've taken them somewhere and I can look back and go, Man, I had a part in that but there's a lot of things you got to strip back as a leader And, and relational leadership forces you into this seat of humility yeah. because you should be pushing those around you forward and not your own agenda. And that's, that's a, that's a tough seat. That's not easy for a lot of people, for a lot of young leaders and, and even leaders that have been in it for a while. It's, it's a tough seat to not fall into I got to grow the church. I got to, you know, people are looking at me as the pastor and, and it's my name on the sign and it's really hard to kind of push yourself into that second seat and go, "How do I how do I lead by by pushing them forward?" You know, and the, you get there by leading relationally, yeah. understanding their families and the struggles and wins and losses and all that. So. You
0: think Jesus was a relational leader?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think when you when you think about some of the confrontations he had with his disciples, you know, and I think that's how you can really lean into whether or not your leadership style is relational or not, is if you're able to have some conflict. Yeah. So you cool. if you're not able to have conflict, then I don't know that you're relationally leading as much as you might be vocationally dragging people. Mm, yeah. In a certain direction, but I mean, the fact that Jesus looks Peter in the face and calls him Satan—it's pretty conflictual, you know. That, that's that's a pretty harsh statement, but yet um, there was enough closeness there. Yeah, he had taken Peter into certain elements that others didn't get to see. So he he with that relational capital, he bought ground. Yeah. And so when, when you spend time, you buy ground into people's life that you can then come back and plant stuff on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for sure.
0: I think the thing about that text, <clears throat> Jesus, that you know, they have that confrontation. It's right after Jesus has even told Peter that on this rock I will build my church. Yeah. And so you, you almost see it in that story. You know, that sounds really great for Peter. Ultimately, Jesus, by the way, is saying exactly what you said. You're not going to build your church. Jesus mm. is the one that's going to do it anyway. Right. But he, had, in that full story, you know, he had this affirmation of the importance of what Peter has to say. But then clarity that Jesus provides to say, and, but that's not it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think in, in relational leadership, I think in, and I, I think we keep tying that word to it because it's the topic But I think, in the truest form of leadership, if there is not an aspect of relationship to it, I don't know that we're truly leading. Uh, I think you've seen those memes and different things where it it differentiates between a boss or a leader. You know, and one is pushing someone, one is you know walking in front. And uh, I think that all leadership done well is has a relationship attached to it because. You know, I tell people all the time, they'll come and go, well, I'm a leader, I'm a leader. And I'll ask them, well, then who who's following exactly. you? Just tell me who's following you. Because if you haven't slowed down enough to know those that are following you, I don't know that you're leading anything. Yeah. And so I think it's just a really critical piece to leadership, no matter the level uh, of leadership. From, from the time I was young, whether it was in athletics or whether it was serving in my dad's church or wherever, um, they weren't just going to follow me because. Right. I had I had to have an interest in them. I had to I want, had to want something for them, not just want something for me. Yeah. So.
0: Oh, I think about John Maxwell. Long this long old quote about leaders. Uh, he said, "If you don't have anybody following you, you're just taking a walk." Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that it gets down to the quote. This question here about you know connecting with people and people being with you in the process. or you being with them?
1: Yeah. 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 I think that's that's such a a critical component. To, I think, what we're going to need to see, not only in our movement, but in any other movement of where you're set to lead, is that, that value placed on the relationships around you. People want to grow. I, I believe people truly want to be developed. What we don't see is either we see a lot of insecurity in leaders, or, or we just don't see the know-how in leaders to go, oh, I've got, I've got to slow this down in order to build them up. Yeah. And, and depending on your leadership style, that's not always easy. Yeah. So.
0: Um, so one of the things that we think about with this is um, you, with being a relatable person and leading in a relational way, uh, what is the, you kind of have to then strike a balance, right, between this relational aspect and, the, and losing your authenticity on one side and being relational and losing your own personal identity and that you have to help everybody and fix everybody yeah. on the other side. So you wanna, can you talk about how, do you, how can you balance those things out?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, where Paul says, I'm, I must be all things to all people so that I might win some. I think we mess that up and we try to become all things for all people rather than just be who we are. And connect with all people, all kinds of people. Uh, when I first started pastoring, people asked me how I was reaching the demographic I was reaching because I didn't have I didn't have an addiction past or I didn't have tattoos or I didn't you know. And, and there for a season, that was the that was the the trendy thing to do. Like you you know, you wanted to be the cool preacher, then you had to wear this or you had to do that. Um, and the reality is, people just want you to be authentic and real with them. So I didn't have to become anything. Mm-hmm. I just had to be truly who I was and people were more accepting of that than I think the world realizes. And so, yeah, I think stop working so hard on it. Where the line is of of how you lose yourself or, or whether or not you lose yourself depends on how authentic you are truly willing to be. Um, you know, I grew up in the era where there was an orator voice, mm-hmm. you know, where preachers would get up and they would talk to you some way in the foyer and then the moment they stepped in the platform or stepped behind the pulpit, their their inflection changed. Yeah. Their, you know, there was almost a... They dropped a register in their voice to make, dear God. You know, that... And, and it always, without fail for me anyway, created a disconnect. Because mm-hmm. right. immediately I thought, that's not who I just talked to. And so I think being comfortable in your own skin... Um, really helps you to determine, um, not you to determine, but it helps the world around you, those you're trying to lead, the more comfortable you are in who you are, the more confident, and this is what I talked about insecurity a moment mm-hmm. ago, of it's okay to be you, it's okay to have the the bumps and the bruises, it's okay. Um, we we had an Easter service this year, and, and man, great Sunday, fantastic. The first comment I got, I say comment, not compliment. The first comment I got when I walked out into the foyer after the service was, man, you've done really well with your speech impediment since high school. And I thought for a second, I thought, man, this is either going to (laughs) affect me to where I go. Oh, no, I've got to really think about, oh, did everybody hear me? And man, I just I, I thanked the person for it, asked him if they enjoyed the service and literally was able to just walk away kind of laughing about it because I thought, man, the enemy, any way he can make me try to feel insecure and not just be authentically who I am, whether I spit when I talk or slur my s's or whatever it is that the any way he can get me off that pulls me out of a leadership seat. Because yeah. those that follow you are not only watching the leadership things you do, they're watching the insecure things you do. Yeah, sure. And so making sure you're comfortable with you. Uh, I think it's really interesting that you you talk about how, how what's that line of being authentic with, with who you can be authentic with. I think you have to be authentic with everyone, but there are different levels to the depth of what you can share right. and and. And where you can go with certain people, and, and, and correct me if I is that where you were heading with oh, yeah, that definitely. question? Because um, I think yeah. as you lead, whether you know in, in your seat, Danny, with with the leaders of CLN, um, with us pastors and other leaders, uh, one of the phrases I use with my team all the time is, "Be careful of the rooms that you dream in." Yes. And it's awesome to have a dream. It's awesome to have a vision. It's awesome to 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 know that God is pouring this into you, mm-hmm. but it can also be very dangerous to share that dream or vision in a room with people that aren't ready for it yet. Yeah, that's right. And so knowing and vetting, um, the relational conversations after, uh, there were times that I sat with in one of my first pastorates. We had a deacon that always kept two lawn chairs in the back of his truck. He did that before he ever met me. I don't know why he did it, but I noticed him one Sunday after church. And of course, my wife is really active in the church. So her and his wife would be in there yakking and talking and getting children's stuff set up for Sunday or whatever it might have been. And I just one Sunday night pulled him out of his truck and we sat under the awning at the church and we just talked in his lawn chairs. And we did that for six months and talked about anything under the sun And it finally, there was just a moment of discernment or just divine revelation where I felt like I feel like I finally have someone that I can share what I believe God's laying on my heart. Mm -hmm. And when I shared it with him, it wasn't what I shared, but the fact that he realized I trusted him created a loyalty That that I don't know that we see a lot of in our churches. Yeah, but we don't see it because people aren't willing to spend the time sitting in the lawn chairs. Yeah, you know, sitting there talking about their family and being interested in their day to day and what happened at work and man, I'm sorry your boss acted that way or you know yeah. I hate that your kids are struggling with this. To get to the point where you have now, you have the uh, the bandwidth to share your dream in your yeah. vision in. Uh, because the flip side of that is you can share a dream too early and the moment you do it all you hear are the critics. Yep. And especially if you're in a congregation led situation or more of a church led situation mm-hmm. if you go in with a visionary dream and it's too early and you haven't you haven't paid the relational cost yep. yet. Um it's it's going to die and then the discouragement settles in, yep. which breeds insecurity. Yep. And we start this tragic cycle that we see in our churches. Yeah,
0: I think most any person that has been in a leadership role in a church or any situation, they've probably been through that. Yeah. They've probably been through that, sharing something and then just get it destroyed because they haven't done that work. So what I hear you kind of talking about is it's, you said you had to be careful of the rooms that you you could share vision in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sometimes you have to create those with relationships.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you it, have to create the room. Yeah, every, every time. Every and, time. And and this is where it gets, I believe, really touchy, um, because a leader will create space. A leader will create an environment, and then those that are outside that don't understand leadership will brand it as something different. Mm. And they will go, well, that's not leadership, that's, that's manipulation. That's you, you convincing those people that this is what that had to be. And I think there's such a, a fine line of intentionality between relational leadership, and, and I think, you know, I shared with you while we were talking through this, of manipulative dictatorship. Yeah, absolutely. And where, and the difference is who or what wins at the end. If, mm-hmm. if I'm seeking to win at the end and I'm wanting people to see this was my idea or it's my platform or it's my content, yep. then I may have crossed into that manipulative dictatorship where I'm going, I'm going to utilize you to achieve this self-gratifying seat or status or stature in my church in my community in the in the organization I'm leading yep. the other says if we can work together on this and it will elevate the whole it will elevate you as a leader it will elevate those that follow you as leaders it will elevate the organization it will elevate you know in our context the, the mission of the cross if it will elevate yep. that and I can take you there or lead you there, that's where the difference lies. Yeah. And, and again, I believe that all falls back on the security of the leader. Do, is, are, are you okay being where God has placed you right now? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean he didn't give you a vision to take that place somewhere else, but if you're not there, you got to be okay where you're at. And I think the more we listen and we watch and we understand Jesus's context of the way he led relationally um, with those disciples, whether he's on the side of the road and he passed that grain field and he was like, there's some wheat and tares. Let's talk about it. He 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 had this ability to be so fluid where he was, the context of where he was. But the entire time he's elevating the kingdom. That he's he's taking the disciples to a place that they didn't even realize they were heading but through that that just that relational leadership that that investment of time that investment of of the content, the downloads, you know, the information that Jesus had. So freely giving it, answering the questions. Well, I don't have time to ask questions. I can only imagine how many questions John had that we don't, that didn't get written down, you know, in scripture. And so he was just willing to take the time and answer those. And it took people someplace. And, and I think when you have this, when you have this line of manipulation versus relationship, Man, it's it's so fine, Danny. It's so fine to to flip cuz we do have a dark side. I know oh, yeah. I know in some of our other sessions, we some yeah, of the other definitely. leaders will talk about the dark side and and it's real easy to say look at look up at me rather than just look up. Yeah. And when when we fall into that, I mean, you can see it. It's sadly it's those are the stories we read about. Those yeah. are the stories that our That's culture right. pushes to the front. And, and, and we feel like what's the point anymore? But the point is we're still trying to get people to look up. Yeah you know and so
0: yeah, yeah I think a, a core competency that we aren't addressing with these leader labs right now, but one that I think is maybe a foundational competency for all leadership, and especially this what we're talking about is the that of humility mm-hmm. right um, And always being able to, to look at yourself and say now what kingdom am I serving? My kingdom or the kingdom of Jesus? And um, it's super easy to blur the lines there, especially whenever you see the God working through you in your ministry in some
1: way. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that comes from that place of comfort, being, being comfortable with the relationships around you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you put yourself around people, that are confident in their call. They're confident in their call to lead. They're confident in their call from Christ. Um, you know, they're, they're com- comfortable in their skin. It's, it's gonna elevate you. You bet. Um, and, and God has been so good to me in that I've pastored the church of 20 and, and I've been blessed to pastor the churches that are much larger than that. And in each situation, there's just been this comfort of going. I know I'm called to do this, yeah. Whether there's 20 in front of me, and it's fifth Sunday fellowship dinners, and it's a, more of a traditional model, and I mean that's that's my roots and where I come from, but also still where I love to go back to and, and visit and encourage, um, and and I'm, and then in the context where I am now, where I have a staff and different things, ha- the. I preach the same way. Nothing changed about that. The leadership context is different, but it's still leadership context and the humility of going, I know I'm called to do this. And if I know I'm called to do this and God has called me to do this, then he's not surprised. That's right. That there's 20 in front of me or there's 2000 in front of me. He's not shocked. So he has me here for a purpose.
0: Yeah.
1: And if you can, if you can connect relationally, I think this is why I think you and I connect so well together is that, I don't, I don't need this relationship, this is maybe part of the relational aspect, that I don't need this relationship to achieve anything different. Right. But man, because of this relationship, what we can achieve together yeah. is radically different. It is. And so that's, that mindset is, I think, key for me in relational leadership. If, if I'm constantly looking at people of what I need from them, Instead of what I can add to them, then, then I'm going to be in a good place. You know, I'm going to be in a place where that, that's the, that should be the focus. What can I add to Danny? What can Danny add to me you know, so that we're both better yeah. and, and we wrestle? Because like I said, church context is hard and pastoring is hard and leading is hard. And, and especially if you have just an ounce of that dark side that says, hey, they just all looked at you. Mm-hmm. It can it can derail pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the dark side thing is it's not a matter of whether you have a dark side it's just simply which one and how do you manifest it sometimes? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> I had a pastor who, again, going back to the original context of Jesus confronting Peter, had a pastor that was telling me that I needed to take a break. You know, I, I was really bad about preaching 50, 52, 51 weeks a year and just rolling. And I got in this rhythm of people saying, well, man, we love to hear you preach. We love to hear you preach. Yeah. And it started feeding a dark side of me. And I had a pastor friend call me on a Sunday afternoon. and He just said, hey, have you taken a break? Ah, no, I'm good, man. I just, you know, I love to preach. I love to preach. I love to preach. And that was the excuse I kept falling back on. And he said, well, can I say something to you? And I'm like, man, you're one of my friends. Of course you could. He said, you're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> and and of course, we don't believe that because right. our congregations have all said we're that good. And he said, no, you're not so good that you can't take someone with you. You can't give someone else the opportunity to have this place too. Yeah. And I hung up on him. Like I didn't even finish the conversation. I was so, (laughs) I was so mad at him. Um, I I did call him back later and I had to thank him because I need, I needed that reminder of humility of, of wait, you, you've been given this, you know, Uh, first Corinthians chapter three, I just taught on this, but where Paul says to them, you know, for by the grace of God given to me, Mm -hmm. it was given Mm -hmm. to me. Like a master builder, I've laid this foundation so that others might build upon it. Mm -hmm. Relational leadership is laying a foundation that others get to build on. Mm. That's what we do. That's when we do it right. You know, whether it's our children that are building on our spiritual foundation, whether it's those in our churches or organizations that are building on our leadership foundation, I have to take the time like a master builder to make sure that the things in my life are right. The influences in my life are right because I want to build a relationship with the pieces that are going to build upon it. Yeah. And, uh, I think that just makes all the difference in leadership.
0: Yeah. So one of the other sides, another dark side would be that it's also possible that if you're a relational leader, that you can, um, also kind of become codependent with people in your context. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a question that some folks probably need to be asking themselves is, you know, how close is too close mm. with some people in your ministry context?
1: Yeah, I think um, there's a real question that you have to ask yourself in honesty. And that question is, what do you need from people? Mm and and i think that will help you if, if you can be honest with yourself cuz even as pastors and leaders we lie to ourselves a lot oh, yeah. you know we we've convinced ourselves it's their fault we've convinced ourselves that if they would just see the vision when in reality we haven't really clearly defined the vision um, and so you have to be real honest with yourself and go what what is it i'm seeking from this person and if it's If it's the constant, I need them to tell me. You know, it's like the spouse saying, I love you all the time, Mm -hmm. not because they love them anymore, but because they really need the other person to say it back. Mm -hmm. That codependency in those relationships can be really toxic, uh, especially in leadership. So I think, again, spending Mm -hmm. some time knowing who your your circle is, knowing who those, you know, that, that wider group of 12, that smaller group of three, of who you can dream with, that's, that's a group of three to four, you know, well, I just love everybody. You can love everybody, but not everybody, not everybody understands the call that you have. And so make taking the time to cultivate and develop those, how close or too close? Who are these people that I can, that I can share my hurts with? Um, I mean, how many stories do we know of pastors who have who have been vulnerable but been vulnerable to the wrong people oh yeah and and instead of it being a sign of strength that they trusted enough to either heal from a situation or to work work through a situation it became the bullet in the gun yep to to really eliminate their leadership ability or to you know to to remove them and i think it's it's just so critical because Smaller church context, it even gets tougher. I think relationships with pastors, I think that's why these CLN events are so great, yeah. is because it's not just the content, it's the network that you build with people. I have a group of about nine pastors that if I called them right now from wherever I am in the country, within a day, one of them or multiple of them would be there. Okay. Um, and that, but it's because they know that for me too. So how close to is too close is it's hard for me to answer because I know, I know what time I've spent cultivating those relationships and, and, and allowing them to speak things like you're not that good into mm-hmm. me to where I can, I can go weep on their shoulder and leave stronger. And so I think making sure in your context, wherever that is that you're leading, whether you're organizational leader, pastoral or leader, that making sure you take the time to develop those relationships. And, and probably early on, depending on the size or context of your church, it may need to be people in equal seats. So you, other pastors that are walking through this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm curious, you know, as I know you're hosting this, Danny, but your thoughts on that is that is where you see this from our organization's seat. I think a lot of pastors are really lonely yeah. because we, we compete and we're not worried about the relationship stuff. I think that's where I would start is, is start cultivating some of those, spend some time in the lawn chair, yeah. you know, uh, getting to know family and getting to know aches and pains. And, and then you will have a place where you can land Yeah, where you can, can't be relational out of an unhealthy place. That's it right. Always gets exposed. Yeah. Always gets exposed.
0: And so it it has to do with your relationships and your family, making sure those are right so that, you know, you're, you've got, you know what you're, you don't need to go to someone else to get some of the intimacy that you need to have with your spouse. Yeah. Um, or, you know, connections with your kids. Also um, building relationships outside of your own church context too. I see pastors do that all the time where, They're super invested in the people in their church context, and then something happens and they're out of Mm -hmm. that context. They get pushed out or they move to another church, and you see them and they're like, and they're in the wilderness. Yeah, and maybe the God's called them to move to someplace else, but then now they're in a relational wilderness because they haven't cultivated real, authentic relationships outside of church context um, with other leaders that they can they can do that. I think all of that is important. I wonder if relational leadership is really, you know, making sure that as you're as you're leading, that you're you're also managing the relational side of yourself.
1: Yeah, and I think making sure you find your identity in the healthy thing. Yeah. Um, if you if you fi- if your identity and your all everything is wrapped up in the title you have as oh, yeah pastor or leader. Um, you will spend your life working in transactional leadership, yeah. which is so long as you fill this role in my life, then I can fill this role in your life. And that's where you see those pastors where something happens in a church, and God forbid, but it happens. Things go sideways, and people that have stood by your side for 20 years now won't talk to you when you pass them in the supermarket. Yeah, and And then we're crushed by it because our identity, our, our relationships, our hope has been, been built into this, this, this seat of, well, I'm their pastor until you're not. But then what are you? You my son, uh, a few years ago, he was 12 and, and I got home one night and he wanted to take a walk. And, and I said, yeah, we can take a walk. And so we're walking around the block in our neighborhood. And he just started kind of sharing with me, just talking with me a little bit. And, and boy, I, I, I just started, I just started, you know, Hey, here's in this situation, this is how you need to do this. And I got about three sentences in and my 12 year old put his hand up, not disrespectful, but he just said, dad, can you not be my pastor and just be my dad? Mm. And it, it shook me. I mean, just shook me that, that, that I had, I had, I had built this idea that people always wanted to hear from me. Mm. And man, what a great night that was to be able to just walk around the block 10 times and not say a word and just listen to my 12 year old dump his problems on me, you know, and just be his dad. Just he didn't need he didn't have to call me Pastor Vance. He didn't have to send an appointment with, you know, just has he just wanted me present Mm -hmm. and just wanted that relational aspect of it. You have to have that with your spouse, your, your, you know that you're very open and and communicative with your spouse and, Hey, these, these are the things that I'm needing. These are, you know, and not all the time is it sexual intimacy, but just conversational intimacy where, you know, pastors and pastors, wives struggle with this, where the only thing they ever talk about is ministry. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes you just want to talk about how tender the brisket is and that's okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, or whatever it is in your context, but, uh, it's okay to do that. And it's needful to do that. So that how far is too far? If, if you're asking that question, you you, you may be beyond it. You know, where is this too close of a relationship? If you have to question the relationship with a person, then you you may you may not you're not there yet you're just not there yet so um, find it in other pastors find it in other leaders find it again such a good point Danny outside your church context um, there are phenomenal Christians that have never stepped inside your church that's right that will be encouraging that will be life giving um, and and you need that and so that's just as much relational leadership as it is what you pour into the people that are following you that's great. So.
0: Anything else that you want to share with us about relational leadership we haven't kind of talked about? Just kind of, the, you know, any other points that we've missed or that you've had ideas about as we talked along?
1: I think that, I, I just think we see a culture coming where, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm now 22 years into the pastorate, and it feels like the first half of my pastorate, I was really excited to be a pastor. that That shepherd kind of uh, that, that's what I knew. And in the last 10 to 15 years, what I've noticed is there's a real shift towards this, towards leadership development. But I think there are still some people that have either swung the pendulum too far and forget we're pastors yeah. you know? And in that pastoring call, that shepherding call, obviously leadership is such a critical element but but don't forget don't neglect that gift that is within you that that call to shepherd uh because i think you can have you can and and we've both referenced it whether you're referencing a maxwell quote or a craig Rochelle quote or whoever it is that we're referencing as these leaders that have done great things we we can't forget what it is that god called us to do and what we do is about people and and nine times out of ten it's about how we're serving those people and I think that's where relational leadership is for me is that um, I I don't get any bigger prize at the end of it um, the greatest prize is still today 22 years in is still the same prize it was when I announced my call to this and that's the one more the the, the lost sheep it's the lost cone it's that soul it's that friend it's that neighbor they are still the greatest prize that we could ever bring to the foot of the cross mm-hmm. and everything else gets real easy when that stays the focus you know it gets real sim- uh, simple that's a better phrase not easy it gets simple when when we keep that the focus i can lead better when i know my focus is reaching one more yeah so good. so yeah keep it relational get to know some people but get to know the right people keep it healthy in your relationships and you'll see god do amazing things in your work mm-hmm. oh
0: Well, Vince, thanks for uh, joining us on this uh, Leadership Lab.
1: Yeah, honored to do it and can't wait to see what's coming next.